What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 159 of the Stand Up Guys podcast. I'm your host, the incomparable Zach Jones, and I'm joined as always by, ooh, I got to edit this one for YouTube a little bit, the Ninth Wonder, Chocolate Thunder, living in sin and pushing that duty in, <laughs> the vagina juice sipping, just the tipping, passing out his stick like bullets from John Wick, the phenomenal AJ Singh. Hello, everybody. <laughs> good to be here. AJ, what's been going on this week? Anything good? Uh, I've been just chilling, man. Just uh, watching Ahsoka. I've been dying to watch the new newer episodes, like hoping that they were just wanting them to all be released at once. <laughs> <laughs> but then what would we talk about? <laughs> I know, but I actually like this show now. Like, I didn't think I would, but I actually like it now. Dude, I am curious to like to see what you think of the like because if you like this one i i gotta imagine that you'll like the mandalorian and some of the others as well so okay. I'm, I'm definitely curious once you get into it to mm-hmm. see what you think of the others um you've been watching like any youtube or anything yeah just been watching the same old like movie review channels you know like uh, uh nick deramio and stuff like that they cover like all kinds of YouTube drama too. You would know this better than me. When we get internet famous, what YouTube channel should we start a beef with? <laughs> I mean, if if you want all the attention, it's got to be a uh, Penguin Zero, right? It's got to be a uh, Charlie because he's got like ten million followers. Oh, I've never even heard of this guy, Penguin Zero. Well, yeah, but he's, he's moist critical. Oh, okay. Oh. I've heard you say them. I've never like checked out. The- he's like a twi- he used to be a Twitch streamer. He's quit Twitch recently, but he, I think he's on YouTube now. But- Is he more of a video game guy? Or yeah, he's a video game okay. guy. He also does like just social commentary and stuff like that. You know, just checking out what's going on lately. It, maybe we should we we've never really done like a. I mean, I guess we've talked about politics a little, but we've never been like, oh, what do you think of like Trump's mugshot and like the stories <laughs> of the week and things like that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> By the way, what do you think of Trump's mugshot? <laughs> I mean, at least they let him dress up for it. <laughs> I did think it was funny that how, like, you know, instantly they they're like they're like we need to use this on merchandising, so look tough. You know, <laughs> a little a little funny. Uh, uh, what else have I been watching? I didn't watch a ton this week besides the newest Ahsoka. I did now, AJ. You know, I like my murder mysteries, like an old oh, woman. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so on Amazon Prime. They got a couple of these like Agatha Christie like mini series that are only like you know like three episode mini series. Okay. I watched one a couple years ago called the ABC Murders, which was pretty good, and now I found another one called Ordeal by Innocence that I watched. Uh, pretty good. I don't have uh, stars. Uh, I don't know if you know who Bill Nighy is. He's like the old Heard guy. He's like the, I don't know if you've ever seen Shaun of the Dead. He's like the guy that plays the like stepdad or whatever. Okay. He, he's a character actor. He's been on like a ton of stuff. That um, also had like um, Alice Eve and um, um, Matthew Good. Um, I don't know if you know either of them, but they've they've been in various things throughout the years. But uh, yeah, if you're looking for like a, a nice little British murder mystery, I, I recommend it. And then, um, video game wise, I've been, I don't know if I'll finish this game, but, um, you know how, when you subscribe to, uh, PlayStation plus, like each month they give you like a couple free games. So like this fall, Alan Wake two is coming out. Mm -hmm. So they, um, released Alan Wake one as like a free game to hopefully get people like, you know, playing that. And then hopefully hopes that those people then play the second one. So I'm, I'm playing through that, but 
I don't know. I, I find it to be a frustrating game in spots. I, I, I get it. I almost rage quit it already a couple oh, of times. Really? Okay. Well, it's just, I don't know. The thing I hate is they, they have this like thing where you get to certain checkpoints and, but like if, if you like maybe use too many of your bullets getting to that checkpoint, you're just going to start there with like whatever you have. Mm-hmm. And then you might get caught in a situation where it's oh. very, very difficult because yeah. you're like, you're stuck there with like three bullets and you got to like run from all these enemies and try to. So I had one of those where I like died like a lot right. trying to desperately get to the next section. I finally made it, but it was a pain. Jeez. So like I'll, 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 I'll continue ahead and see if I can get through it, but I'm not loving it. <laughs> I got to cut it some slack though. Cause like the game actually has a weird history. Cause it was originally like an Xbox exclusive okay. in like, I want to say it came out on like the Xbox 360, mm-hmm. but then like, um, remedy the company that, uh, uh, designed the game yeah. uh, like Microsoft eventually uh, like sold it back to them because I don't know they didn't see much profit in it or whatever mm. and so n- that's why they were able to now publish this one on PlayStation and okay. they, they did like a kind of like a somewhat of a remaster of it and that's what's here but it still plays kind of clunky like a game of that era you know oh, yeah. some of the controls are clunky the camera's a little clunky at times yeah. you know you run into things like that which really you know it, it's funny that now ps3 games era games i mean seem in some respects um a little clunky you know when at the time you know it seemed like oh man these are you know everything feels cutting edge at the time you know and then some time goes by and you're like, oh, this feels weird now. I don't know. Like, I, I remember, like, in the 80s, I remember looking at technology and being like, man, this shit sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, we got a good 20 years before this shit's good. You're like, I can see the future and it <laughs> yeah. will be better than this. Yeah, yeah. This, this is not this is not it. Yeah, this plastic tech is not going to do it for us. <laughs> it's amazing, though, also when, when video games try to get you to change your habits and, like, you're against it at first, but then you do it and then like eventually like it feels weird going the other way like the biggest thing for me is like you know before they had the analog sticks on controllers like if you're playing like a racing game like gta or whatever you know you're using the directional buttons mm-hmm. to steer and also you're using x for gas rather than like the trigger you know yeah and then i think it was like gta 4 like that's when they in- implemented the change where like gas is like the trigger and you know movement with the stick and like I couldn't get used to it, so I actually changed back to the old school, like, um, you know, con- control uh-huh. scheme. And then eventually, like, every game with driving in it, like, did it that way. So I'm yeah. like, okay, I, I, I guess I better get <laughs> used to this. So I did, did it that way. And then, like, I was, I don't remember why, but I played, like, an old PlayStation game or something that had some driving in it where I had to use the directional, you know, the old school way. Mm. I was like, this feels terrible <laughs> like i don't know why i was it so resistant to, yeah. to changing it's just something your mind does sometimes i guess once we're set in our ways it's hard to break those patterns and yeah oh is your mic stand like stuck in the down position yeah i don't know how to fix it um i think it, you might have to like loosen this and then like and then tighten it back down once you raise it up oh my stupid alarm okay you might just have to hold it the rest of the time. <laughs> uh, okay, that's good. Okay, cool. Um, I don't know if you got any sh- stories. I, I I got a couple of them. Um, 
I don't know if I have any. Well, I'll do one to start us off. I actually found a pretty good one uh, this week. Um, let's see, where is it here? Okay, this 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 story is right down our channel's alley, man. Passen- passengers recall what happened as fellow traveler had horrific diarrhea on airplane. <laughs> <laughs> Passengers recall what happened as fellow traveler had horrific diarrhea on a plane. Okay. A Delta Airlines flight was forced to turn around after one very unlucky passenger. Well, I'd say there's uh, passengers yeah, <laughs> unlucky in this case. Yeah. Uh, suffered through a horrible bout of the runs. The plane, an Airbus A350 aircraft, was traveling from Atlanta to Barcelona on Friday night, uh, September 1st, when all hell quite literally broke loose along with the poor bloke's bowels. Uh, Passengers recall what happened as fellow traveler had horrific diarrhea on the plane. And by the way, like, you know how British people, this is obviously a a British, like, written story. Yeah. You know how, like, a lot of their words have U's in them that ours don't? Like, they'll spell, like, the word color with an extra U and stuff. They put um, an extra O, well... They put an O in diarrhea, which is something we we don't spell it that way, and it's yeah, so no, weird. No. But anyway, he, tra- Traveler had horrific diarrhea on plane. Uh, the chap, whose identity currently remains a mystery, I'm sure he wants to keep it that way, <laughs> had attempted to make it to the bathroom stalls, but was caught oh. short and ended up doing his business right down the middle of the craft aisle. Oh, no. Now, here's my thing. Even if I was this guy... And I was like, there's no possible way I can make it to the bathroom. I think I would have at least just shit my pants. And then when I got in the bathroom, like tried to make the best of that situation. Like maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he made the right choice. But I, I mean, that's a pretty ballsy move to just be like, okay, I'm not going to make it. I'm going to plop a squat right here in the aisle, right by all these people. Where the food is too. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, quote, this is a biohazard issue, the pilot said to air traffic control, um, recorded from liveatc.com and shared on X, uh, formerly Twitter. Uh, we've had a passenger who's had diarrhea all the way through the airplane, so they want us to come back to Atlanta. Both passengers and crew members were subsequently transferred, and flight DL-194 eventually made it to Barcelona at 5.10 p.m. the next day. A whole eight hours later than originally scheduled, according to data from Flight Radar 24. Uh, the airline has since issued a statement on the matter explaining Delta Flight 194 from Atlanta to Barcelona returned to Atlanta following an onboard medical issue. Our teams worked as quickly and safely as possible to thoroughly clean the airplane and get our customers to their final destination, a Delta spokesperson, uh, spokesperson said. We sincerely apologize to our customers for the delay and inconvenience to their travel plans. Uh, The horrific incident unsurprisingly went viral with uh, footage making its rounds across social media following the cleanup operation on the flight. In the brief clip, paper towels can be seen covering the aisle trying to clear away the various streaks of brown sludge. The unfortunate souls who were on board the flight have since revealed exactly what it was uh, like at the time. Quote, 
Both my wife and I were on the flight, wrote one Twitter user. It was a mess. The pilots made the right decision to turn around. The ground crew ripped out the carpet and put new, uh, a new one in. Considering the circumstances, the ground crew did a great job, along with the attendants and the pilots. Another passenger who also drew the short straw said it was the worst smell imaginable. <laughs> My partner was on the flight. It was a pretty bad. It was dribbled down the aisle. <laughs> smelled horrible, they said. The vanilla-scented disinfectant used on it only made it smell like vanilla crap. Uh, well, it's not like you can even crack a window open. I mean, that's a <laughs> that's a funny, like, I just picture, like, you know, there, and every time the plane, like, slopes down, even the slightest, like, yeah. it starts to run, and the people at front are like, no, 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 no. <laughs> nose up, nose up. Oh, I man. mean, that is just a terrible situation. I can't imagine how embarrassed this guy must have been. You know, I bet this happens a lot more than we know. Like, there's, there's thousands of what flights every day, right? Like, there's thousands of planes in the air at all times. There's got to be somebody shitting their pants at some point. I mean, I'm yeah, I'm sure people have shit their pants. But I, I don't think very many have actually, like, just shit Quatted in the aisle away. Yeah. God. Ugh. If there was one thing I could just change about humans, it'd be shitting, maybe. That, that might be the one thing. It really is inconvenient. Yeah. The whole bet. I mean, even, like, having to piss, like, all the time is inconvenient. Yeah, for sure. If we could, uh, you know, figure out... We need to evolve to where we don't have to have yeah. to pee and poop, really. Then we'd be the perfect species. We really would. Except for all the murdering and other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, not being able to shit, that's the dream. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a story here. I have a few stories. I okay. forgot I had these saved up. Cool. Um... A Brit was hospitalized after holding in a sneeze and blowing a hole through his throat. Whoa, what? Yeah. I don't have much else to that story, but that was it. But, like, yeah, he he held in his sneeze and blew a hole through his throat. I didn't know that was possible. That is nuts. That'll teach me to fucking hold sneezes and I'll never do it again. <laughs> now, was it a situation where he was trying to hold it and then he did it anyway? And it, like... Yeah. Oh, that is very weird. Yeah. So he was almost, like, holding his breath a little bit or something and then he sneezed anyway yeah, and, it still, and so it caused more force yeah but enough to actually like puncture a hole yeah man so like i wonder how they like fixed him like i, I would have had the whole article but you know like going through the whole article, right it's annoying and all but i mean uh i imagine it, it's like when people get up. a collapsed lung right and mm. like so like their other like one lungs doing all the work and then they eventually got to like get the other one like yeah. repaired or whatever mm-hmm. however that works man that's crazy i yeah that's something i didn't even know was possible yeah that's nuts so never hold in your sneezes people just yeah. like wherever you are just let them go yeah my mom always warns me about that too she's like don't hold it in don't hold it in really bad idea yeah <laughs> I got another one, too. Termite colony, a little smaller than Britain. Uh, some of the mounds are thousands of years old, and some of the mounds are up to 3,800 years old. So there's a termite colony in uh, Brazil that's that's the size of almost Britain, and oh it's been untouched for thousands of years. And they've got these, like, structures in the mounds and stuff that are thousands of years that are just untouched by humanity. I mean, okay, so termites are famous for, like, you know, eating wood and causing, like, damage to houses and stuff. Yeah. But, like, in, in a situation like that, is, do they feed on different stuff? Um, I'm, like, I'm just picturing, like, a colony that big. I'm, like, they got to be wreaking havoc on something, right? I mean, 
I, I don't know. I mean, they, they've they've had the society or whatever for, like, thousands of years, and they haven't, like, destroyed the entire environment yet. So, I mean, I don't know. It seems like you couldn't even build a house anywhere near this place. No, no, I don't think so. And it's in a rainforest, so, like, uh, what are they doing to that forest? <laughs> That's true. I wonder if, like, it's a weird thing where they don't bother, like, the rainforest trees or something. Or, like, it, like, maintains the ecosystem or something. Yeah, something. That's yeah. very bizarre. Yeah. That's so many. I sometimes think about that, just, like, how, how like, bugs, like, outnumber us by such a large percentage. Yeah, I think about that, too. Like, if ants ever decided one day to eat humans, oh, they could. They could eat us all. I know. <laughs> God, I swear, we get those little sugar ants so bad here, and we kill them just by the groves, you know? Yeah. Either poison them or just, like, every time I see them, I'm, like, stomping a bunch of them out with my hand and stuff. And I can't even tell you how many of those things we've killed. And, like, the best you'll do is, like, they might go away for, like, a week, and then they're just back again. You know, we have this, this is, like, coyote infestation in America, especially, like, in, in the, but it's really everywhere, from what I understand. The coyotes are everywhere. And, like, killing them doesn't make a difference. Like, their numbers still multiply at a very high rate. Like, people, like, there's incentives to kill them. There's all kinds of things. And, you know, people hunt them all the time. Like, especially in, like, places where there's lots of guns and, you know, rural areas. But still, these coyotes are coming back in, in waves. It's the same thing like the ants. <laughs> it's nuts. I've seen coyotes out here in Oregon and Portland. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I knew they were around, but I've never seen one. Yeah, I've seen one or two, maybe. In, like, um... In like, as you go out of the city or just like around? In, in my neighborhood. Oh, really? In your yeah. neighborhood? Yeah, Crazy. at the park. Mm -hmm. Oh, at that park right there? Yeah, there's like some trees and stuff. And like, it was like, we were, I was walking my dog. Well, Pepsi, you, you have her now. Um, I was walking her and uh, I saw this dog looking creature like kind of walking parallel to us, but like 50 feet away, maybe further. And, uh, and I look and I'm like, that's a big dog. <laughs> it looks different <laughs> and then like i was like okay no that's a coyote after like looking at it thoroughly i was like that looks looks yeah a little different yeah i've seen movies and stuff like that michael mann movie collateral i remember there's a scene and it's like shot in la where like um they see like a coyote in the street and i'm like I, so I think that is, like, something that happens even in populated areas. Like, yeah. I, I think we're going to see them more and more. Now we're going to see them everywhere, man. It's going to be nuts. <laughs> I imagine, like, a lot of animals, like, they end up going through people's garbage and, oh, yeah. you know, stuff like that. I mean, there's I don't think there's any bears in Oregon. Or if there are, like, I don't think they're very prevalent. But Well, I think there's probably a lot of bears, but I don't think they, for the they might might come into, like, suburban areas, but mm -hmm. they probably, like, keep their distance somewhat from the city i would imagine okay yeah i mean uh those are the ones that i think about like going to the trash and stuff those are the ones you see youtube videos of all the time like climbing fences and going right. to like, pools and stuff god I, I bears are adorable but they are just huge killing machines they just they destroy you <laughs> and they eat you while you're alive like they don't bother to snap your neck or cut your throat they eat you while you're alive <laughs> it's horrible Man, um, I saw this video, and I don't even know where it was. I, I think it has to be, like, Russia or, you know, definitely somewhere cold. But this guy was shooting from inside his house, and, like, he had a um, a window, and, like, this polar bear was sticking his head through. And he didn't even seem – he was just kind of like, yeah, get out of here or whatever, you know, foreign language. But it sounded like, yeah. you know, like that. And I'm just thinking, that would scare – 
me so bad because polar bears especially um like bears even though they're scary like generally speaking most of them won't attack you unless they think you're threatening like they're young or them you know mm-hmm. but like polar bears they just see you as a meal yeah like so they're much more likely um to kill a human you yeah. know you know it probably doesn't happen as often cuz humans you know tend to stay out of areas with a lot of polar bears but like if you were you know had to be in a you know spot where you had to get close to a bear polar bear is the least you right. you know the least <laughs> one you would want to have to <laughs> yeah be close to because yeah they're they're more dangerous but yeah i'm just man i've also like on uh, your mom's house they show a lot of clips of like these rich people and like uh Middle East countries and stuff that'll have like tigers as pets in their house. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh my God, like you, how do people not learn this lesson? <laughs> I mean, it's like the whole like Siegfried and Roy thing. Like they worked with those tigers for like ever. And then there's one bad day where yeah. the tiger just gets, you know, that's, and I'm like, how are people not nervous about this stuff? These things have these gigantic paws on them and claws and it's just like you better keep that thing well fed for sure you better keep it so full it doesn't even think about touching you exactly i think that would be about to throw up at all times i I just can't imagine having the kind of constitution where you feel safe around a creature like that i think that's that's the kind of person who just doesn't feel fear in almost any circumstance just about you know, I, I, from what I heard, uh, there so there are those people who tend not to fear feel, fear under any circumstance except uh, under asphyxiation. So uh, a study was recently done. I don't have the I don't think I have the paper for it in here, but um, they they basically figured out that you know these people who uh, don't have fear for other things, if you asphyxiate them or like if they fear that they're about to be asphyxiated, like they're going to fear that that's going to stem that like reaction from them. And they're going to be like, I want to live. So, I mean, they don't feel it for other things, but that's one thing that they do feel it for. That is, yeah, that's unique. Cause you would think like at the base level, that's because they're afraid of dying. Yeah. So you would think anything else that would threaten their life would do the same would thing. Would do the same thing. Yeah. Maybe that just feels more immediate. I don't know. Or maybe it's like a, a like a biological thing. Like it's just we're hardwired. If we can't breathe after a while, we just start freaking, freaking out. Freaking out. I mean it would make sense. Yeah. Man, the other thing that's weird is there's like uh, a very small like number of people in the world that have that thing where they like literally can't feel pain. Yeah. Physical pain. That's wild. I mean I wouldn't want that. It sounds like a superpower in a way, but I wouldn't want that because, like, it's it stops you from surviving. You know, like, you know, if you're doing, if <laughs> right, you're touching like, something hot or something, right? You could get seriously hurt and not even know it. Yeah. But on the other hand, like, I'm wondering, like, can those people feel like pleasure? Do they feel anything? I don't know. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they do feel pleasure. Like, then what's the point of having sex, you know? Like, right, right. Could you even have sex? Would you even know you're about to finish? <laughs> yeah, I wonder if those people are just numb to everything or specifically just numb to pain. Yeah. I wonder if they still have, like, some sort of touch sensation. I mean, that would be amazing if they could feel pleasure but not pain. That would, that would be, be the best, right? Yeah. Even, even though, like you said, it does uh, 
make it so you could have like a survival mishap. Yeah, I think I'm a, I would still go for it. Really, uh, I was I'd be nervous because I'd be, I'd be afraid that like I was standing next to like a sharp object that was like stabbing me. <laughs> I didn't even know it, and I, like it impales me or something or whatever. One of those like um, Swedish like uh, girl with the dragon tattoo movies. Uh-huh. Like she gets in a fight with this guy that has that. And she ends up like um, taking like a nail gun and like nailing his feet to the floor, oh. <laughs> and he like doesn't like feel it, but it lets her like get away or whatever. She, she could have done more with that nail gun, I think. <laughs> Was she true. like a altruistic kind of person who didn't want to kill or something? Um, I don't no, I don't think it's been a while since I saw those movies. I think she maybe uh, is like somewhat like autistic. Oh, okay, but like. I don't know if she's like, maybe she did end up killing him. I don't even remember. It's been so long. But uh, yeah, those movies always weird me out. Like if somebody's trying to kill you, like your safest bet is to kill them. You know, like they they're gonna <laughs> right. still try to kill you if they can get a chance to. You know, like just kill them. Don't don't nail their feet to the ground and run away. <laughs> you always wonder though what you would do in the moment, like. Cause, Cause, you would feel like a lot of adrenaline, and you know the whole fight or flight thing. But like, in a way, like any normal human being is kind of hardwired to, you know, not kill. I think. Yeah, that's true. So, like, in that moment, like, if I thought I could get away from the person trying to 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 kill me, like, safely, I'm thinking I probably would still do that. Well, whatever gives you the best survival chances, I guess. Like, if you could just get away from that person and get to, like, a public place really quickly, something like that, maybe. I think it would be almost easier to kill someone like that if they were, like, endangering, like, a loved one. Yeah. Then you'd be like, oh, I have to kill this yeah, guy, you know? I feel like you have no choice. But if it was just my life on the line and I was like, well, I, I got him kind of stuck here. I think I can get away safely. Maybe I would. I don't know. I heard this TikTok theory and... uh I'm going to lose all credibility, right, for saying that. (laughs) But this person was talking about how, like, I don't know who it was. Maybe it was, like, a scientist or somebody. I'm not sure. But they were saying that, or a writer, that they were saying that, like, there. it it seems like there's a lot of, like, like, the people who are, like, willing to kill, the people who are, like, willing to, like, do these things, they're almost, like, put in place to, like, be these parts of humanity. Like, they have to, like, thin the herd and kill and this and that. Like, it's almost designed this way. To, like, it, it seems like it is. <laughs> like, they thin the herd. They they kill off certain people. It, even, like, soldiers, they do services for people. Like, those people are the, the main characters, like, who they're serving. Like, they're the ones who are, like, deciding what happens in the world and this and that. And, like, these are just role players that have to be there to help make sure that things play out the way they do like almost like uh uh npcs so so it's almost like the idea when the forest grows too crowded like there's going to be a natural fire to yeah, yeah to burn it and thin it out yeah and that like we get too many people so like by design there's a couple psychos that are going to kill a bunch of yeah. people and send us i mean it it is a wild theory <laughs> but it is I guess that is kind of interesting though. I mean there's they say there's like what several hundreds of uh serial killers running around the US at any given time. Like three hundred serial killers. That actually surprises me just because in this day and age I, I think it I would think it'd be pretty hard. Like well, a lot harder than it used to be yeah. to get away with murder. But then again if there's just guys that like are like out there like 
going from state to state killing homeless people. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that happens, and there's people that just prostitutes get away. Yeah, get away with yeah. it for a long time. But man, it's pretty wild. But I mean, like they're they're almost characterized by this person as like NPCs. They're not like you know the rest of us have like a a purpose to like flourish society and this and that. But these people, their goal is something else. Like is to limit the number of people or like some sort of uh create like constructs around society like they, they're the ones who like limit the numbers or m- make sure that whatever's supposed to happen happens but they're not like they're not like regular people they're just something they're, they're sociopathic they're psychopathic but like there's a they're designed that way for a reason i mean <clears throat> it's an interesting thought i think that the um population is going to control itself much more through the fact that of like economic problems mm-hmm. <clears throat> because like it's got to be hard these days especially to make the decision to have a child because it's so getting so difficult to even like afford to live like yeah. rent goes up houses are insane like people like i wonder about that like if we're actually going to see like a, a big population decline um i i think stati- maybe i'm wrong about this but i think like the the rate at which Americans are having children is going down somewhat right yeah, now. Yeah, immigration is what's keeping our population up. Otherwise, the birth rate is is decreasing. I I want to say I heard that in Japan a similar situation where like the birth rate in China too. Like they had that one child policy for a long time, but they changed it. But people still aren't having kids at that rate, and they're expecting the population to get to like four or five hundred million in the next like century or so. Yeah, I heard that China you know, is going to have a rough, like, next 10 to 20 years in that respect. Yeah. Um, it, you know, and that might, um, I'm wondering if that does something to their economy. Because, you know, that's the thing we kind of worry about right now is China's economy compared to ours and stuff like that. But that could lead to them having some some tough times economically, too. Yeah. So. I don't know. They don't have the uh, immigration in place that the U.S. has, like, you know, they, I don't know if they, they don't really seem to take in a lot of immigrants and I don't think they could keep the population up even then if they did, like they would need to take in like half a billion people. <laughs> and also like China is so restrictive that I can't imagine like a ton of people wanting to move there. Yeah, that's true too. I mean, I don't know. You hear about people moving to China. It's maybe it's just Hong like, Kong, maybe. Yeah. But like, I mean, I wouldn't even want to do that, but especially not like anywhere in mainland China. I don't know. Hong Kong seems appealing to me. All those little food stands on the road. You just go to, it might be a cool place to visit, uh-huh. but I don't think I'd want to live there. It's, yeah. a li- it's still a little too it's, totalitarian. It's too expensive also. Like, I think, was it 10 to 20% of the population is millionaires? Oh, really? I thought people, like, bragged about how you could go there and buy, like, a bunch of nice suits for cheap. Maybe you could, but I know, like, property and stuff is expensive. Like... You you have to be like a millionaire to be able to survive in Hong Kong. It's I think it's getting that way over here. <laughs> yeah, eventually it'll get to that point. I think yeah, isn't like ten percent of Americans millionaires? That much? I think it's like a pretty high number. All I know is there's some pretty you know mid like a mid level house in Portland. You're probably you know still looking at four to five hundred thousand dollars. You know? Oh yeah, I mean I I think at least five hundred thousand dollars. Which Man, I can't I can't imagine ever having enough money for Man, something is, that much. Yeah, it's nuts. They're pricing the young people out of the market. Like, I don't know how they're going to... What, what's going to happen? Like, 
all these old people are going to have a bunch of investment properties till they die, and then what? <laughs> That'll be like the big thing that's passed down from like generation to generation is like, oh, you're you're lucky enough to have someone who could like give you land or a house yeah. or something. You know, if if prices stayed like lower, like in my small hometown in Montana, like. I could probably eventually buy a house there, mm -hmm. but like I, but I imagine like they're going up too to the point where like it'd probably be tough for me to ever buy a house there as well. Yeah, yeah, and no, I mean like uh, it's gonna eventually go up everywhere, you know. Like Texas, Texas was pretty cheap for a long time, but uh, now prices are going up there even like pretty drastically. And uh, you know, a lot of people are moving to Texas, which is surprising because i couldn't wait to get out of there <laughs> but uh i think i've seen a lot of complaints by people who moved there recently they're realizing that it's not as cheap to live there like the houses might look like they cost less but the sales tax you know the property tax uh there's so many different things that end up making the price of the cost of living if not more you know compared to california at the end of the day well i know you know joe rogan um, moved to Austin, Texas, because I think mostly because for ta less taxes, you know, mm. but also just, I guess Austin was kind of like a, he thought a good city for comedy. And so like a ton of comedians moved to Austin mm. and like, I think a lot of like Californians and other people did the same. Mm -hmm. Um, and may, I don't know, maybe that'll pan out for them. Uh, that's what I'm hearing. Like these Californians who moved to Austin, they're like, it's too hot. It's you know, the electricity doesn't work here. Like whether it's cold or hot, uh, they're just they seem miserable. Like I've heard of Californians who are already moving back to like San Diego. Well, first of all, San Diego to Austin, that's a huge step down. You know, like you got to know where you're going. And uh, I just feel like the marketing of Texas was, like, really good. I don't know how they convinced these people to move there. <laughs> like, I, I lived there 30 years, man. I know there's nothing in Texas. Like, it's just flat, ugly, hot. Have you ever been to Austin? Yeah. Did you – was there anything, like, worth? It's better than the rest of Texas. That's why it's got so much hype. Like, it looks a little bit better. It's It's, like, the shittiest place in hell, you know? Like, it's still shitty, but, like – Compared to the rest of the hell, of course, people are going to be like, oh, that, that spot's better, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Austin's got, like, some hills. It's not as flat as the rest of Texas. Uh, otherwise, it's, it's, I don't know, it kind of sucks. Like, there's nothing there. Is it one of the more liberal places in Texas? Yeah, it's supposed to be, but I mean... I imagine there's... What does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> You know, I I remember even back, like, I think the 2016 election or something, I heard some news people being like, oh, you know, Texas is more of a purple state than you think. Uh. Maybe. <laughs> and I was like, mm, I mean, I don't know much about it, but I don't know. Seems pretty red still. Yeah, Seems yeah. pretty red. <laughs> um, well, AJ, should we get to reviewing Ahsoka episode four? Let's do it. Okay. Now, everybody, we do know we're a little late with this uh, review, but what you get with us that you don't with a lot of people is an in-depth review of the episode. And actually, we're working on something so that we can hopefully get these reviews out a little uh, faster than we have been. Uh, but yeah, I still want to talk about this episode. Uh, so episode four, entitled Fallen Jedi. Um, yeah, and I think we talked a little bit before we started rolling, like, uh, or maybe it was during, earlier in the episode that like, uh, for me, this show's still hitting. I'm still yeah. like enjoying it and, and curious where it's going. And yeah, I'm I'm glad they had like 
Well, we'll get into it. But yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it actually. I'm thoroughly uh, surprised by how much I'm enjoying it. I came into it just. You know, I did. Did I say it earlier? I came into it like. I think so. Like. Yeah. Because you're. I mean. I think, like I've said before on the show, I'm not by no. Even though I've watched a lot of Star Wars stuff, I'm by no means like an expert, and I know you're even more of yeah, a, a novice. novice so yeah. I was wondering how this show would come off to you. Mm-hmm. So we open with uh, Sabine tries to contact Home One, uh, but communications are still jammed. Um, Ahsoka suggests to Sabine uh, that they find uh, the enemy base. Um, Ahsoka says if they can't make the jump to find Ezra, that no one should. And Sabine says it won't come to that, uh, but Ahsoka says it might have already. Um, Ahsoka says it's better than Ezra, better that Ezra is stranded than Thr- Thrawn returns. And then um, Ahsoka asks Sabine if she can count on her, and Sabine replies, "You know you can." So she really harps on this for a while, like to the point where I'm like, "Well, now I know they're gonna set up this exact scenario happening mm-hmm. in the episode," you know, to where like she doesn't trust Sabine can make the hard decision if it comes down to it, you know, and you can kind of tell that even though Sabine says like she can, yeah, but. It, my only thing is, is like, oh, well, they, they set this up so much that I know something like this is going to happen. Um, so as Hu Yang works on the ship, it's revealed that another droid is watching him in, from the distance. Um, so we, now we get a scene where Shin tells Balin that the Jedi ship has been found, um, presumably by that droid we just saw. Uh, so he orders uh, her and um, her men to go after them. Uh, Morgan asks Balin if she detects a note of fear in his voice, but he says, no, it's experience. Um, now we, we, uh, see that men with guns are now watching, uh, Ahsoka's ship. Um, as Sabine gets ready with her gear and weapons, Ahsoka asks Sabine if she needs to worry about her expressing doubt that she can make the hard decision if, as, uh, about Ezra if necessary. So again... If I had one criticism of this episode is I think maybe they harped on that <laughs> a little bit it, too yeah. much. Yeah, telegraphed it maybe a little bit too much. Um, as Hu Yang finishes repairs on the outside of the ship, he is attacked by another droid. What did you think of this, like, droid-on-droid, like, fight? I mean, it has no consequence to me. <laughs> These droids can be repaired at some point in the future, so their life means nothing. <laughs> yeah, it was never, like... That's that's true. I'm never like you, like too afraid of like something happening to a droid because yeah. you're you're right. But I, I was trying to think. I I don't know if I'd ever seen that necessarily before in a Star Wars thing, like a droid on droid fight. Like I thought it looked okay. Yeah. I was like, um, uh, it, it at least seemed like maybe so, something a little new. Anyway, um, as Hu Yang calls for help, the men with g- guns show up, and. H- Hu Yang ends up like I think on purpose like hitting the control panel he just worked on mm-hmm. so that the lights on the ship would fall, like go off and like alert right. Ahsoka. Yeah. And so that's what happens. Ahsoka gets alerted uh, and she like powers up her lightsabers. Uh, so Sabine and Ahsoka go outside and I wrote they pretty much, you know, easily defeat these men. Yeah. And that that's one thing is like a lot of times when it's like a Jedi versus regular people, you're like, well, I know this is going to be a simple fight. They're just going to wreck shop. You yeah. know? And that's exactly what they do. Um, okay. So I thought this was a little bit weird. So like Ahsoka and Sabine are about to leave to like go find the enemy base. And Hu Yang's like, now you guys stick together. And to me, I'm like thinking, well, they're leaving together. You would think 
they would try to stick together. Yeah. I'm like, he he made this like point of saying it, and I'm like, I mean, that's not really like it would take more effort for them to divide up and like end <laughs> up in different places, right. like because they're they both have the same mission. I don't understand why would they would separate. And actually, they do end up dividing, but for good reason. Oh right, yeah, because they had to. Right, and but it's like. Yeah, I mean, in that case, that would have been bad advice to stick together. Exactly. Like, they did the right thing, but <laughs> yeah. in that moment. So, I don't know. I thought it was a little bit weird. Um, now we get a scene with Hera. And we kind of called this when we were talking about the uh, episode three. Hera tells one of her men that she is disobeying orders and investigating anyway. And <laughs> in my estimation... I question if she's a very good mom because she brings her son <laughs> yeah. Jason along with her. This was wild. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you know you're going somewhere where there's probably danger afoot. Yeah. And you're bringing your small child with you? This seems like a bad idea, Hera. Yeah. Maybe yeah. reconsider that. I, I had no idea. Like, as soon as they introduced that she was bringing her small child into this, I was like, what? Why? <laughs> well, like, there's no babysitters in this place? Like... <laughs> She doesn't know anybody. <laughs> yeah, that seemed just bizarre, like a bizarre choice to me. Yeah. And I have to assume, like, I don't know, like, I'm sure. Why I'm sure does she have to bring him? I just don't understand. I'm sure it's a, for a scene later where we can show him, like, meeting, uh, you know, another character. But I'm like, come on, like, that but was so stupid on her part. It's eating away at me, though. Like, in my mind, I'm like what caused this to happen? What scenario do you bring your kid on a mission? Like, I know, it's like, I'm being sent to war. Come on, John, you can <laughs> yeah, tag along. It would be safer for me to watch you there. <laughs> terrible idea. She's a, she's a great pilot, but a terrible mom. <laughs> she's a great general. <laughs> um, so a pilot named Carson, who also makes appearances in the Mandalorian series, um, and his men join Hera... And they're, and they're like loyal to her, you know. So yeah, I, I I really did like, and we even talked about this a bit when we were talking about episode three. I thought a scene like this would happen where she's like, you know, decided to go out on her own mm. and got some loyalists to go with her. You know, I mean, as I don't know much about the whole Star Wars universe, does it seem kind of small when characters show up in different shows like this? Like, considering it's a whole galaxy, right? Well, I mean, the, these new crop of shows like The Mandalorian and this one. Mm -hmm. I think they purposely like set them during the same exact time period so that they could have some of these fun okay. crossovers. Mm -hmm. And like the rumor is that eventually they are going to do a movie that kind of has a bunch of these characters like okay. have a big crossover story in a movie. So mm -hmm. um which is interesting. I'm wondering if well it's interesting to me that they would do that just because like a movie like that, it seems like you might only get Star Wars loyalists that have watched all the TV shows, you know? Yeah. It's not going to be like a user-friendly movie necessarily. Right, yeah. So I do wonder about that. Maybe they're confident that they're getting a lot of new people watching these shows. I mean, that could be. I mean... Yeah, I th I'm thinking I think about that, watching Mandalorian too. You now. should, man. It's fun. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's, and I, th I think that Mandalorian, you know, is a pretty easy show to get into okay but yeah they end up joining Hera and going uh, on their way to Setos. uh now we get a scene with the bad guys morgan tells balin that one once the guideline is established they'll be able to calculate the hyperspace coordinates so i think what she means by that is that they mentioned in the last episode that they have to kind of share that 
lane that the the space whales use or whatever. Yeah. So I'm thinking like they have to like get that just perfect before they can like set up the coordinates or whatever. I, I'm not sure exactly. Because mm. uh, Balin, Balin says if her calculations are off uh, by even a little bit, they'll be lost to the depths of the void. So uh, she tells him to have faith, uh, but he says he lost faith a long time ago. I am kind of interested to like, um, you know, see his story, see what happened to him at the end of the Clone Wars and like why he went off on his own and eventually yeah. seemingly became kind of a bad guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Morgan opens the map again, which Balin refers to as witchcraft. Okay, so now a droid, uh, a droid on the, the hyperspace loop that the bad guys call the Eye of Scion begins calculating those hyperspace coordinates. So this is going to be like the ticking clock of the episode. Like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, we don't want to get those coordinates all the way done. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we get a scene where Sabine and Ahsoka are running through the woods on their way to find the enemy base. But alas, they run into Shin and Merrick. So Sabine pairs off with Shin... Uh, pistols versus lightsaber at first. And Ahsoka pairs off with Merrick, uh, saber versus saber. Uh, Shin force pushes Sabine into a tree, and I think that causes her to drop her pistol, so then she busts out her lightsaber. Uh, (laughs) Merrick spins his... This was weird. So Merrick has a lightsaber that he can like spin around like super-duper fast, which... To me, I, I was like, man, that's a bit tough on the eyes if he was doing this. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But then, like, a, they do that thing. You know how, like, in a lot of, like, samurai thing, like, they'll do the thing where, you know, both samurais, like, swing at each other, and then it takes a second before you realize which one, like, won and which yeah. one got hurt. Mm-hmm. They kind of do that thing here. But to me, I'm like, he's spinning his, like, blade so fast that, like, are we to believe she, like, was able to, like, swing in between? Like, I don't even know how she did it, really. I don't know. It doesn't really show, but it happens. Uh, but anyway, uh, uh, he spins his lightsaber, but Ahsoka ends up cutting him across the chest. So this, uh, um, I saw some people making a big deal about this on the internet. To me, like, I didn't need Merrick to be, like, this special person necessarily. But this seemed a, a little maybe anticlimactic, so... I wrote a cloud of seemingly alive green smoke exits Merrick's body with a scream. And so I, I guess we're supposed to, I mean, my, the way I interpret that is that like um, Morgan must have been using her witchcraft on his body or something like that. Maybe. I don't know. What did you think of that when that smoke came out? I mean, I don't know enough enough about the Star Wars universe to know like what kind of creatures and beings exist. So right now I'm still trying to just like maybe that's just one of the beings, you know, like a smoke person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not super fond of like the magic stuff in the Star Wars universe, but they've set her up as like one of those witch characters. So that's kind of what I thought is maybe she was like um you know, using her witchcraft to take over this guy's body or something. There's only I couldn't I couldn't remember who uh, Balin was talking to before, but there was somebody who was talking about Merrick's mission, and uh, Balin was like, "He'll get it done. You know, you can count on him." And uh, if he was talking to Morgan, then it wouldn't make sense to me if she was the one who like was controlling him to doubt him, maybe. But if he was talking to uh, the the girl that he's his apprentice then maybe you're right maybe it is Morgan I just don't remember who he's who he's talking to but yeah that could make sense you know what I thought would be because I don't know if they actually confirm that Merrick died 
like we see that because like let's say he was a person like bewitched by the green smoke Mm -hmm. i I think it could be cool if like she took over like a jedi Mm -hmm. and then like now it's possible that Merritt could still be alive, but maybe be like a, a good guy or something. Yeah. But uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if like in that scene we were meant to like think that he was completely dead or not, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, so now Sabine yells at Ahsoka to go after the map while she fights Shin. So this is what we referenced earlier is like, you know, they split up here, but like this was the right move. Yeah. You know, rather than stick together like Hu Yang said. Of course, maybe if they would have just, maybe it would have been the right move because maybe if Ahsoka and Sabine just ganged up on Shin, they would have easily beat her and then be like, oh, now we can go double up on Yeah, Gale. I was thinking that too. So maybe it would have been a better idea to yeah. stick together. Who knows? Jump that girl. Get her. <laughs> right. <laughs> too long. Um, so now we see that Morgan's droid has gotten like halfway done with figuring out the coordinates. Um, Morgan tells Balin that she's going to prepare for her departure. And that he needs to protect the map until she sends for him. Uh, so now Ahsoka shows up uh, to that, you know, circle thing with the map. Uh, and uh, Balin and Ahsoka have a conversation. So Balin says that Anakin spoke highly of her. Um, Ahsoka says that Anakin never mentioned Balin. Balin says few members of the Jedi Order lived to see what Anakin became. Uh, he asks if that's why Ahsoka walked away and abandoned him. Um, and then Ahsoka says she's not here to discuss her past. And uh, Balin says the only reason he's there is to secure the fe- the future. You know, that made me wonder if perhaps, ba- you know, his conversation there, if perhaps like back in the day if Balin and Anakin were close in some way. Like he had some sort of respect for Anakin or something. Yeah. It sounds like it. Yeah. Um... So Ahsoka says she's not... um, Oh, yeah, okay. Ahsoka asks if starting another war is necessary. Uh, Balin says he won't start another war, but Thrawn will. But really, I mean, mean, if he knows that, he's he's an accomplice. (laughs) If I I had, like, one, another criticism of this episode, I would say that none of their dialogue between each other was all that interesting to me. Yeah. Like, I was hoping to have... You know, something juicier in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Balin says, it's unfortunate, but one must destroy in order to create. But then, like, his character is hard to get a beat on because, like, he he, he sometimes says things that make you think, oh, this guy maybe has, you know, at least some dignity and, and class. But then at the there's other times where he says things that are very, like... Um, uh, kind of greedy like in the episode before he was he was like this will get us you know power we could have never dreamt yeah. of you know but then other times he's like you know seems like he has all this respect for the jedi and stuff yeah. and so you don't really know you know where he lies exactly mm-hmm. um so now it cuts back to the the fight with shin and sabine uh shin knocks down sabine and sabine tries to use the force on her and it doesn't really work and then um uh, Shin tells her that she has no uh, power, and so then she uses her um, wrist weapon. Like, she can shoot projectiles out of her wrist, mm. and she uses that to knock Shin's saber out of her hand. Uh, Balin tells Ahsoka that her legacy is one of death and destruction, like Anakin's. Um, um, and so they start to fight. Um, Ahsoka knocks him down and grabs the map, 
But it's like for some reason the the map being held in that center thing it gets like really hot, <laughs> and so she <laughs> yeah, ends up having to drop it. Yeah, I'm not sure why. I I guess magic heats things up really hot. Um, Shin throws a smoke bomb and escapes from Sabine. Uh, Morgan's droid tells her uh, that he cannot complete his calculation since Ahsoka removed the map. Um, so now Balin and Ahsoka begin fighting again. Uh, Shin shows up and Balin tells her to get the map. Ahsoka stops Shin by using the force, like slams her against like yeah. one of those pillars or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Balin backs Ahsoka up to the cliff uh, overlooking the ocean uh, when Sabine shows up uh, and, and gets the map. Um, Ahsoka tells Sabine to destroy the map and she puts her gun to it and tells uh, Balin to step away from Ahsoka. Uh, but Balin ends up just knocking Ahsoka off the cliff. Um, so Sabine shoots at him, uh, but he's able to easily deflect her shots. So now Balin tells Sabine that he knows uh, that she thinks Ezra is the only family she has left and that he is in search of a greater good and asks her to make the journey with him willingly. Um, he promised that if she agrees, no harm will come to her. Which, you know... She starts to, like, buy into this, but I'm like, that makes me question the intelligence of her character. Like, mm. I mean, I guess she is desperate to see Ezra and, like, find out, but, like, I don't know. Should she really be trusting this guy? I mean, I don't, I don't, there are a couple things she could have been thinking there. Like, one, yeah, you know, destroy the map. Don't let them get it. You know, stop this where it is. Two, she really wants to see Ezra that badly that she's willing to you know, risk everything to take a chance on that. But there's a third thing also, actually. And I think that's that she was biding time, you know, like, you know. Hoping that Ahsoka would come back. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that could have just been like her being like, okay, I'll go along with this until I can change the the uh, dynamic of what's going on right now. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense. But yeah, he promises uh, that if she agrees, no harm will come to her. So Sabine gives Balin the map. And then is immediately force choked by Shin, who shows up behind her. Uh, Balin tells Shin to release her, and she begrudgingly lets her go. Uh, Balin puts the map back, and Morgan's droid completes his calculations. Uh, so Morgan sends a shuttle to retrieve Balin. Um, now we get a scene with Hu Yang. Uh, Hu Yang is able to fix the, I guess, unjam the communications or whatever, and con- contact Hera. And... You know, he's basically like, you got to get here right now. And she's like, you're in luck. We just showed up conveniently yeah. <laughs> right now. Uh, so, yeah, her and the other guys, like, uh, jump uh, uh, into, you know, right by Cetos. Um, Hu Yang tells Hera about the hyperspace loop and that she must stop it. Morgan tells Balin the calculations are complete, uh, so he destroys the map. Balin, Shin, and Sabine entered the Eye uh, of Scion uh, with Sabine in handcuffs. Uh, Morgan's droid tells her about Harris fleet, uh, but she says to ignore them and en- engage the hyperdrive. Um, so the eye ends up powering up all the way and it jumps into hyperspace. And this actually causes like three of Harris fleet to die. Like yeah. the, the wake of this thing, like taking off, like, you know, causes, I think causes like two of them to like Run knock into, into each, each other, other and like mm-hmm. another, causes another one to blow up too. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes me wonder, because in, in Star Wars, you know, they're always, like, jumping to hyperspace or whatever. And I'm like, 
Has this ever happened before? But I guess like this is like basically a ring of hyperloops all connected together. So it's like okay, maybe it's different because it's so many of them. Yeah. Of course, you know, with people, because it seems like you know, a lot of times in Star Wars, like they'll be hype, like hyperspacing away from like an enemy or something. I was like, well, does it never affect the enemy ship when they just have you know one ship jump into hyperspace? It doesn't yeah. seem to, you know. Um, but I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. They got like a bunch of them stuck together. Um, so now Hu Yang finishes repairs on the ship, uh, but can't reach either Sabine or Ahsoka. Okay, so now Ahsoka wakes up, I wrote, on the interspace travel system seen in Rebels, and hears Anakin's voice. At least I assume that that's what this is. So I don't know if you remember, I told you there's an episode of Rebels where Ezra is able to go to a Jedi temple mm-hmm. and he like enters this thing like she's on yeah. where like it, it basically al- allows you to walk to like various portals that go to you know various like places and so I th- I'm pretty sure that's what this is and, and it's something that will allow probably Ahsoka to end up going wherever they just jump to with the hyperspace loop mm-hmm. um but I am curious because, like, like I said, like Ezra, he had to find a Jedi temple to access that thing, and she's apparently just able to access yeah. it. Also, like, I forget did, did it show her like wake up on the beach or anything, or did it just automatically go? No, into her? she was just in that black space. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. So I'm like, is this caused by a near death experience? Like, what caused her to actually be able to go to this place? That's what it sounded like. Because when Anakin walked up to her, he's like, "I'm surprised to see you so soon," and it sounded like. To me, that made me think, like, oh, maybe she died. I also kind of wonder about, like, people who can are good at using the Force. Like, if they fall off a cliff like that, can they not, like, use the Force to, like, break their fall a little yeah, bit? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they can use it to, like, totally, like, fly and, like, really slow their descent. But it seems like they could do something. Right. Maybe she did that. I don't know. Hmm. Um, I wrote, she then sees a vision of unca- Uncanny Valen... Un- Jeez, Uncanny Valley Anakin, and we hear a snippet of Darth Vader's theme. Um, so I'm wondering, like, um, do you think this, like, vision of Anakin is going to try to maybe, like, lead her somewhere dangerous? I, I have no idea. Like, I don't know much about Anakin Skywalker, to be honest. I mean, it, it, I know so, he becomes Darth Vader. Right. So his whole story is, yeah, he, he's, he became Darth Vader, but, like, in Return of the Jedi, which is the last movie of the original trilogy, like, he kind of, like, right before his death, takes, like, a, a redeeming good guy turn where he turns on the Emperor. Okay. And then, like, um, so presumably, you know, and then, uh, this is, like, a lot of people don't like this, but in um, in the original versions of, of Star Wars, it wasn't like this, but when George Lucas did, like, the, the special editions... Mm-hmm. He made Anakin's Force Ghost I appear like at the end of Return of the Jedi, okay. like put it in there, mm-hmm. and so I'm thinking that means that like you know if they want to like Anakin's Force Ghost can talk to Ahsoka. Oh, okay. So maybe that's what this is. I'm I'm just not sure. Gotcha. I mean, if that's the case, it would seem like this entity is basically good. Okay. But um, I guess that's the mystery going into Episode Four. Right. Right. So, or I guess, no, episode five. This is episode uh, four. So, with, with, I mean, with episode five, do you think, um, 
um, will actually get to see where they jump to in hyperspace. Because shows do this sometimes where they like set up something big, but then the next episode they'll be like, oh, we're going to purposely do an episode that has nothing to do with that just oh, to get your yeah. anticipation up. So many shows do that. So I'm always leery of like when there's a, like a big cliffhanger. I'm like, oh, is the next episode the BS episode? Well, hold on. Now, how many episodes are there in one season of this? I believe there's eight episodes. So I think we're halfway through. Oh, I think we are due for a BS episode. <laughs> 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 little filler episode. Um, yeah, because originally my thought, and I, I still think this might be the case, is that they would save you know the Thrawn and Ezra reveal until either the last episode or the second to last episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'd be all for it if they want to do it now. But I mean, yeah, I mean, well, what they're gonna do, I, I imagine, is explore this whole Anakin thing. You know, like. Uh, the deeper meanings of the force and how it's all connected maybe like yeah i mean you would think that'd be part of it is like you know ahsoka and anakin walking through that weird thing yeah and like, discovering their or talking about their past and re- revealing to us like what happened also in that rebels episode it was it was weird because like um ezra like he, he when he was in there like he looked through a portal and saw like ahsoka and darth vader like um fighting mm. And, like, it looked like she was about to die or something, so he actually, like, pulled her out of it right yeah. there. So, like, she presumably already knew about this place. Yeah. So maybe that's why she's able to access it. I'm not sure. Yeah. I will say, though, I, I kind of wish that they didn't kind of have so so much of a connection to Rebels. Because I, I, I will say I'm glad that I watched that last season, Rebels, before I watched this. Because I, otherwise I would have had no context for a lot of this stuff. Mm. But, like, it seems like a lot to expect that people would have watched Rebels before yeah. they watched this show. That's a right. big time commitment. Right, right, yeah. And, I, like... And how I'm, many seasons are there of Rebels? Four. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so, so it's like... But I think, you know, Dave Filoni is the guy that... Um, produ- he produces, like, a lot of these Star mm-hmm. Wars shows and stuff. And he produced all the animated stuff. I think the animated stuff was kind of his baby. So okay. I'm sure he likes to have it. You know, those characters and stuff in live action now in reference. And I think he's rumored to be the one that's going to direct eventually that movie that crosses a bunch of these things over, you know? I mean, it's kind of cool that the animated stuff is, like, canon, you know? Like, I feel like that's not always the case with, like, uh, franchises, like DC and stuff, you know? They don't really have the animated stuff be part of the main storyline, so... I will say, and I wonder about this with the Marvel stuff, too... If overall it's beneficial to have like the how all the TV shows and movies are connected, because it just seems like I, I think a lot of people get intimidated by that. Because mm. it's it's one thing to be like, okay, there's like so many Marvel movies, like you know, somebody thinking about getting into them, like what do I watch? But then to know on top of that that oh, once you get to this point, you're gonna want to watch all these TV shows too yeah. to really know the con- full context of everything that's going on. Yeah, it just kind of creates a giant that. Like for, uh, although at this point I'm I'm sure most people know if they're in or out on like Marvel and stuff, sure. but like it, it does make for a really heavy continuity. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm I'm liking this show. Um. And uh, excited to watch the next episode. Um. AJ, any final thoughts on this episode? Episode or things you're maybe looking forward to in the next one? 
Uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to learning about the Force, man. <laughs> like, I, I'm such a novice at this whole thing. Like, I want to see what this whole relationship between her and uh, Dar- uh, Darth Vader, Anakin, was, you know, uh, how they speak to each other. Like, I know she's his student and apprentice, but... I'll be yeah. honest, all the Star Wars stuff I've watched, you, generally speaking, the Force, it moves things. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean... It's uh, like plot armor. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Like It, it kind of does what they needed to do, I think, at yeah. some points. Oh, I got this connection because of the Force. Or I had this revelation because of the Force. Oh, a Force ghost told me what to do here. You know? oh, okay, yeah. You know, so... Uh, I don't know. Maybe the Force is left, better left somewhat mysterious, but like... Uh, you know it's fine but yeah for the most part i would say the force is just used to like force permission force pull <laughs> things which is a cool power but yeah but that's not like the ultimate power <laughs> like right. if the, the guy with the laser gun is more powerful than you <laughs> <laughs> except they are able to like def- deflect all those lasers and stuff yeah because th- like uh kylo ren you know he was powerful enough they, they shot a uh, a laser at him he, and he just like paused it <laughs> so like apparently if you're good enough with the force like even lasers can't stop you, you. can time it too like a laser you can time it to where <laughs> you stop it before it gets to you <laughs> <laughs> gotta be strong with the force man it's only three, eight, it's only 186,000 miles per second or whatever <laughs> I can stop that <laughs> They have, well, you know, it was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So they only had that slow laser technology oh, right, at that right, time. Right. So the primitive technology with the lights. <laughs> and apparently, uh, you know, maybe it's not the stormtroopers' fault that they always miss when they're shooting at people. Maybe it's that old gun technology. You know, just, <laughs> like this thing doesn't aim where the crap. <laughs> this man mass manufacturing these crappy guns. <laughs> right. <laughs> We're blaming these poor stormtroopers. We're just trying. (laughs) All right. I think that'll do it for today's episode. We do thank you guys very, very much for following along. Uh, If you will, please um, subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, You can also subscribe in audio form on your podcast catcher of choice. Uh, Leave us thumbs up, five-star reviews, all that good stuff. If you want, you can follow me over on Twitter slash X at Zach Jones Live. That's Z-A-C-H-J-O-N-E-S-L-I-V-E. And that is going to do it for all of our shenanigans and poppycock this week. Please, please, please tune in again next week. Bye, guys. Take care.